Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Do I have anything to say? Do you have any important news? I did write notes. What did I write in my notes? AFM Live. Ah, yes. Important admin. Mastermind has moved to tomorrow at 4.15. Hopefully you can all come. Ryan from My PT Hub also agreed to come on and teach us all about all the incredible things that My PT Hub can and cannot do. Um, I'm also thinking about potential podcast guests, and I'll probably put this in the group, like who would you want to learn from and or, and this might be more useful actually, what topics are you struggling with most? And then I can get an expert in that area. Because for example, I think, I'd like to think I talk for us all when I say like, I think I'd learn, I've, I learned so much more from Sophia than I have from someone who maybe already works in fitness, i.e. if you want to know about marketing, go and get a marketing expert, not some other PT that's done well or something. Hope that makes sense. So anyway, if there are certain areas, I will go and find an expert. I will bring them on and we will discuss things. And finally, I was talking to Amelia this morning about Level Up, which is going to be in Edinburgh in September. And I always forget the date, but pretty sure it's definitely on the website. Uh, I think it's the 22nd, anyway, the weekend of. And the first day is going to be an EIQ day which for all of you guys, because sometimes I forget that there are some people on AFM who haven't done EIQ, is free. So definitely come to the first day. And then also you are there. So you may as well come to the second day, which is going to be incredible as well. And we have an amazing lineup of speakers. I was going to list them. Now I'm worried I might forget one. But we've got Jane Lowe talking about training. We have Greg from Lift the Bar also talking about training. We have a psychologist, also, I can't remember exactly what her topic is. We also have Nicola Hobbs, relationship with food expert. And we have Alan Flanagan. Now I'm worried that I've said his name wrong. I'm pretty sure I've said that right. Who's gonna talk about why it's not just a calorie deficit. And I'm so excited about that talk. So you should all be there. Also, we'll get to hang out, which will also be very fun. And there'll be a nice meal on the Friday night. Now, I will, I think I've done my admin, so I'll get on with the check-ins. Okay, Alexandra, on the check-in question, so she's talking about the check-in questions from me to you guys. On the check-in questions, are are your actions in line with your values? Could I just give example? Oh, sorry. Could I'm that says I, but I'm assuming it's meant to say, could you just give examples, please, of what other people put? I'm totally overthinking this question. I get confused with should I be giving examples of my actions working on or in my business, i.e., my values of resilience? Should I be giving an example of how I've been resilient in my business or how I've got clients to be resilient? I know it's so minor, but it makes me question if my values are right. I'm struggling with examples. This is such a good question, and I'm very glad that you asked it. And I'm sure that other people will also be very glad that you asked it. So what what I mean by this, and this is always a question for you. It's not how you're showing 
that you're coaching your clients to be more resilient. It's how you are being more resilient. And a good example, like if your value is resilience, which I think is a really good value actually, and probably underrated. And I would say one of the fundamental things that you have to have as a coach or like actually as a business owner, as any business owner to be successful, because it's not always going to be smooth sailing. It's not always going to be growth or the growth that you expect. Some weeks there might be no signups. Some months you might have more drop-offs than you have people sign up. Like you might have months where you really don't make a lot of money and months where you do make a lot of money. Like there will always be peaks and troughs and like barriers along the way. So the, the businesses that do the best are the most resilient. They're the ones that are going to be like, oh, there's a cost of living crisis. Okay, how can I make sure that my business survives this? How can I make sure that I don't give up during this time? How can I make sure that I still support my clients? How do I need to tweak my business to make sure that like my sales funnel still works, that my lead gen is still working, that I'm still appropriate, that I can still grow my business during this time? That's like an actionable thing. That's part of being resilient and not giving up, even though you're like, oh, do you know what? This time last year, maybe I was making more money or even like this time last month, maybe I was making more money. So resilience is really important and it could be like on a week to week check in, it could be something as simple as I still posted on Instagram every day, even though I've noticed that no one's watching my reels or like even though I'm getting zero interaction and I've not like my followers haven't increased in a month. Like that's resilience when you're still like you're still doing something, even though you're not getting the results that you wanted or for you, like I know you just relaunched your program. You're like, I'm still relaunching it, even though. I had slightly less signups than I wanted to have. That's resilience as well, because there's that, like a lot of people would give up in that situation or would be really downhearted. And like, you know what? I post every day and like nothing's happened for the last two weeks. So I just can't be bothered anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. Not giving up is resilience. Okay. And Corey's done some really good examples as well underneath more about health. Like my value would be health. So my actions would be, I'm drinking water. I'm hitting my protein. I'm getting my daily walk in. I'm having five a day I'm sleeping enough or like my value is family so my actions I'm making time to spend quality time with those that matter most and I am present when I have my uh, when I'm with my family these are such good points and I think this is such a good question because Alexandra at the end of this you've said like I'm it's making me wonder if these are actually my values and one of two things can kind of happen here a lot of people write their values and whether they're doing it consciously or not, they write the values that either they wish they had or, well, I mean, sometimes the ones they actually have, but if it's not if it's not quite the right value, it's often the ones they wish they had or that they think other people want them to have. So like a lot of people put family, and this is quite a harsh thing to say, but a lot of people put family and it isn't one of their highest values. That's not to say it doesn't matter to you, but your actions aren't in line with that. And then you've got to make, you've got to be like, you've kind of got to make a choice there. And, and this is a task that a lot of um, psychologists use and is a really useful thing, but it's to list down your values and then you rate yourself on one to 10 of like, how in line do I act with this value? So if my value is family and I'm on a scale of one to 10, like what actions am I taking that are actually in line with this value? And like, I've, probably at the moment not that many although I am going down to London to see my mum get an award so like yeah I'd be like tick yeah this week like I've made a big effort to go and like spend time with my family 
but you also might be like oh, okay you know I've said my value is family but the last time I saw them was three months ago and I have no plans on seeing them again and actually like they don't take up a lot of my thought space and maybe there are other things that are more important to me and that I mean family is an extreme one because it is important to most people but same with things like health and again I would say an extreme important to most people but and then I actually have another thought about this but anyway with health it might be you might say your value is health but then you look at your actions and you're like I'm drinking every single weekend I don't get to bed until 2am most days I know I'm not getting enough sleep I missed two gym sessions last week and I just ordered a takeaway like are my actions in line with that value no they're not so either it's not actually a value or you need to change your actions because if you live in line with your values life's going to be pretty sweet and if you're not then maybe those values are ones that you picked thinking that they were they were actually important to you and they're not and you have to accept that they're not or change your actions um the other thing I was going to say about what was I going to say about health as a value yeah okay so the, the one I was going to say about health as a value is I think at least for me when I'm doing this value work now and so if you don't have my journal the BJ it essentially asks you this every day are your actions well, were your actions today in line with your values and they aren't every day right nobody's perfect but for me I don't write down any more a value of health because like I've kind of nailed those actions like I can't aside from genuine injury or genuine illness I can't remember the last time I missed like gym workouts or didn't go for a walk or I don't know like what wasn't careful not even careful wasn't like mindful about getting in enough fruit and veg and stuff like it I don't have to put a lot of effort into that anymore so I don't have it as one of the values that I'm like working on whereas there might be another one at the moment of like being present and I might be like yeah do you know what actually I did go for a walk with my mate but I was thinking about work or I kept checking my phone or like I know if I'm being honest I wasn't totally present so then I can be like right tomorrow when I go for a walk with a friend or when I do xyz I'm going to make sure my notifications are off hilarious that my whatsapp just went off as I was talking about this anyway I'm going to make sure that my notifications are off etc etc so that I am fully present I really wonder if like can everybody hear that or not the reason for this I will say is that I can't haven't figured out yet how to turn off the business whatsapp one which is even worse that that's all that's getting notifications anyway I'm very sorry about that if people could hear that pinging how apt <laughs> and slightly embarrassing anyway okay Alexandra I'm clearly doing something wrong between quote-unquote leads i.e someone saying they would like further information on my story poll to giving them information you've said before to do a podcast oh my god how am I going to turn that off do not disturb Right, let's see if that works. Okay. Um, you've said before about doing a podcast, talking about the program and just send them that, which is a great idea, but I'm just in a bit of a funk at the moment. So just don't know if I'm going to get the, uh, if I'm going to get that podcast started right now, or at least it won't be my, at least it won't be my best work. Any other quicker solutions, please? By the way, if anyone's wondering if business WhatsApp works, there you go it does work um 
any other solutions, please, whilst I don't have a podcast episode. Also, could you link me to yours? Okay, I've sent you a link to mine, so you can have a little listen of that. The other thing is, this isn't set in stone. Do a podcast, close WhatsApp, and it will start. Uh, well, <laughs> what an absolute genius. Yeah, maybe I will do that. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to leave it for now. Hopefully, that is the end of the notifications. Right. Um. Yeah, like you can redo the podcast. It's probably going to be even better the second time. And I completely get what you mean, because when you're low on energy or you don't feel 100% like yourself, you're right. Like you don't show up completely as you maybe want to show up. But turning that on is a skill. And you can turn it on for a 20 minute podcast. You absolutely can, especially when you've got notes behind you as well. And make sure, and you'll know this in yourself, like what time of day do I have most energy? When am I most engaged? When am I most likely to do a really freaking good podcast? Time that in for that time during the day. Maybe for you, Alexandra, it's like after your CrossFit workout and you're like, yeah, I'm not like so, hopefully not one of those like really long workouts, but like I'm not so fatigued that I have nothing left, but I'm kind of pumped up from all of that exercise. And this is a perfect time for me to get across the points I want to get across. Or it might be like first thing in the morning, whatever, figure out that time. And I would just get it done. Like it doesn't, it, like I say, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if you're like, do you know what? I want to redo that in a month. Redo it in a month and change the link on your landing page. Like these are all things that you can improve on. So I would get started with that. So obviously it's not the only thing. And I will say not all people that click, yes, I'd like more information are ready to buy. Some people are just nosy. So it's not necessarily that, you're doing something wrong you've got to think of okay what are the like how can I increase the percentage of people that go from I'm interested to I'm ready to sign up that's the link that you have to figure out so now the question is this is the real question like where's the why aren't people there and is it because some people just aren't ready yet is it because maybe they've just started following you? They don't know your content that much. They're kind of interested. They just wanted a bit more information. They're probably going to sit on the back burner a little bit until they're ready to join. Again, like it's all a process. It's like if you think of it like this funnel, you'll have people who watch your stuff for a while and then they start interacting for a bit and then they're ready to sign up. But I, and I would say for me, most people follow me for three months before they sign up or before I even have any kind of like interaction with them. And some people are like, Corey had someone, I'm sure like a couple of, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago. They was like, I've been following you for five years. Now I've decided to sign up for coaching. Like I get that all the time as well. Hey, do you remember when you were doing the Shredded by Science podcast? I'm like, what? You And now you're signing up. Like the sometimes that it takes that length of time for it to be, for you to be the right fit for that person like for what their goals are at that time so I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself to be annoyed about the fact that and remember how easy it is to click on a poll yes I'm interested well yes like I'm like vaguely have some kind of interest in this compared to actually signing up and you don't know why they're not signing up now you could try and ask people but then you've got to appreciate that they also might not be being honest it might it might be a cost thing it might be that it's just not the right time for them. It might be that they simply were just nosy and want to have a look. But a lot of the time you won't get the complete answer. And also when someone's saying it's too expensive, like, is it too expensive as in they genuinely don't have that much disposable income? Or is it too expensive as in 
they don't value the product enough yet or maybe they don't value your service enough yet because they haven't had enough value from you yet and again once they start following you for a while and they're like oh she's putting out great stuff I'm actually getting a lot from her and she's kind of funny and I kind of get her and look at the amazing client results she's getting yeah okay actually now now I'm ready to do this so I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't um two things on this I wouldn't beat yourself up about that Secondly, you are asking the right questions of like, okay, why is that happening? And how can I try and reduce like or increase the percentage of people that are going from I'm interested into I'm going to sign up. And thirdly, just because you're in a little bit of a funk, still take action. Like, what would you say to your clients if they're like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the gym because I'm in like a little bit of a funk at the moment. You'd be like, just go, just get it done. Like you will feel better after you will thank yourself for doing that. You give yourself a big pat pat on the back because it's like, knowing and this is how I try and motivate myself all the time if there's something I don't want to do that I know is important and I do it I give myself a lot of credit for that so I'm like those actions are the actions that most people wouldn't take like Alexandra most people wouldn't do this podcast because they'd be like I'll do it when I'm feeling better about things later on like that's but that's the difference between people who get results and people who don't is yeah I don't really feel like it but I'm gonna action it anyway and you can go back and you can improve on it whenever you want. So don't put pressure on yourself for it to be perfect the first time you record it. Okay. Um, current group coaching has 28 people on it. 19 people have checked in every week. The other 10 have missed one or more check-ins. Out of the 19 who completed every check-in, 11 of those have signed up to continue the next cycle. Not one of those who missed a check-in has. This shows to me, as expected, missing check-ins means they don't achieve what they want from the program slash aren't engaged with it and don't continue. So effectively, I don't get them results. Do I accept I can't help those who don't check in after being chased and that they are just uncoachable? Or is there something else I can do to help them? This is such a good realisation. So... And after reading this, I was like, I'm going to do a post on this. It's excellent, right? You've noticed that it's the people who don't check in that don't stay on, which, I mean, as you've said here, like it's like it's kind of common sense, right? Because they're not engaged. Now, you don't know why they're not engaged. That's the real question. The real question is, why aren't people checking in and how can I get them to check in? And there could be loads of things. And this is often a little bit harder with group coaching because it could be, you know, um are the check-ins too long are the check-ins too short are they annoyed because I know that what your structure is are they annoyed that they don't get a reply these are self-assessment check-ins so they're like what's the point doing it or a lot of people are like I have no accountability for doing it or no reasons to it because I know no one's going to read it so you won't know if I do it or not even though you obviously do keep track here um or do they not like the way do they not like the form of communication if they're like, oh, it's on this app that I never use, or if they're like, oh, it goes to my email, I don't like using email, or it goes to my junk mail, and then I miss it, and then I miss the time of it, or could it be your check-ins are on a Friday, and they're like, I don't like doing them on a Friday, right? Some of the some of the responses to these will be, you know, that one annoying person that's like, I'd rather check in on this day at this time, and it's like, okay, well, I can't accommodate that. That's fine. That's still good information to have. Figuring out why someone isn't checking in is really important. It could be their own like internal bias of 
I've not done all the workouts, so I don't feel like I should check it. Even though though we know that those are the most important weeks to check in, like the really hard weeks. So it could be something you could do with how you're talking about check-ins. Like every single time you send a check-in, guys, remember the hard weeks, the check-ins you don't want to do, those are the ones that you need to do. Alexandra, the podcast you don't want to do, those are the ones that you need to do. Like that, unfortunately, like as a rule for life, that tends to be the way things end up going. So the real question here, and this is a good thing for everyone to think about, is your clients that don't check in consistently, why? Figure out why they're not checking in. And for some of them, and this is really good information one-to-one because one-to-one you have a little bit more time to tweak things so if some if some people are like yeah the check-in's too long for me one-to-one like I I get halfway through it I don't really have time to do it you're like okay so one-to-one client I I will do a shorter check-in form for this person if that means they're going to check in great or it might be that you're doing zoom calls and they're like I really don't like zoom calls yeah okay how about this how about we do our check-in on x day at x time And instead of a Zoom call, you call me while we're on a walk so that you can get your steps in, like so that it's something that's actionable for that person. You have to figure out for the person what what is the friction for them. With group coaching, it's a little bit different. So I would work more on emphasizing the importance of the check in. Alexandra, for you, like it might be that you're like, okay, maybe you and this is this is part of group coaching right or or tweaking any access any um program that you're doing whether it's one-to-one or group how about you try giving a tiny bit of personalized feedback so that they know that you're reading it and that they need to check in the next time so they can get their feedback it could be something like that um so yeah i would have a little think about that but the real question there and that everyone should be asking if they're struggling with numbers of check-ins is why is someone not checking in and once you know that then you can come up with a solution much like when clients are like I'm overeating but like what should I do you can't come up with a solution until you know why the the problem is occurring so if they're like boredom eating that's a completely different solution to if they're eating because they're hungry for example like if they're eating because they're eating emotionally or because they're bored then just being like, well, eat more protein, like probably isn't going to help because they're not eating because they're hungry anyway. So figuring out the why behind the problem should be the first step. Same with like, if people aren't checking in, why are they not checking in? And how can you adapt things to, to make sure that people do check in? Um, okay, Grace. Advice, um, general advice from people in the group coaching for streamlining online programming, how do you keep it really personalized but scale it to 30 plus people? Okay, I mean, you're gonna have to accept to an extent with group coaching that all of it's not gonna be extremely personalized. And this is where you have to consider which parts of of this program are important to be personalized and which parts are actually quite universal for everyone. And so a good example of this is the same as if you're thinking about outsourcing things for your business, right? What parts of my business can I outsource? And maybe no one will even know that I don't do those aspects anymore. And which parts are important that I show up? For example, for me, like I'm not going to outsource my social media. That's where I connect with people. That's where I build relationships with people. And it's not just generic reposts of the same shit. Like, so I can't outsource that 
but could I outsource actually Kimberly if you're watching probably going to get you to this a weekly email that's going to send out all the podcast links and what I've been speaking about each week yeah I absolutely could and that would take me no more time to do or could I outsource like my accounting yes I already do that or like certain admin tasks yes because they're not things that I am uniquely good at and it's the same with your with when you're thinking about your coaching like there are a lot of principles that will work for everyone and don't need to really be personalized maybe little tweaks right as much as your your, like your business in general but also like people's programming needs to be or like their journey through that is very individual and very specific to them but actually what builds muscle for one person builds muscle for another person so a lot of it is universal and then you've got to think where do people need the personal touch and usually it's in the reassurance it's in the check-in it's in being able to contact you so maybe a lot of the programming is quite generic and you just do little tweaks for people because they have similar goals like for you I know it's sports performance so I can tell you firsthand from doing over a year of an S&C internship that almost everyone's program is the same even if you're not doing the same sport like and even at a really freaking high level like you've got the same basic movements in every single program sometimes the rep ranges are different often they're not and then usually there's maybe like one or two exercises in there that are specific to that sport like maybe you're doing certain like med ball slams because it's it's very similar to I don't know a netball pass or something but most of it is pretty generic so if, if you think like that works for the athletes in numerous sports for example for power development or something they don't need overly specific workouts but where they might need specific help is like struggling with their mindset or managing everything or the personal touches which come in with personal training like where is that going to be valued the most that's where you need to put your time and effort and then grace you've also said what booking systems do people use what is the best ones anyone found a sweet spot for all-in-one programming invoicing and calendar i actually think and daisy's just put underneath the trainerize does all of this i actually think my beauty hub does all of this too i don't actually use it for that but i i think most apps do 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 all of that okay and that is the end of the questions which is great and hopefully i will see many of you tomorrow for the mastermind